Fastest Fit Drivers podcast has been sponsored by PrePass. Only PrePass provides way station, bypass, and integrated electronic toll payment services, saving you time, fuel, and money while improving safety and efficiency in trucking. Visit prepass.com for details. Well, I'm really excited today about having these two young ladies on from VTTI. These are the, the folks behind the scenes that do the research that really helped us understand this data. And, and the idea of Fit Drivers podcast is to bring light to these horrible statistics. So with me today, I have uh, Susan Sokolich. She's a senior research associate, uh, behavior analysis and association group and division of freight, transportation and heavy vehicle safety at VTTI. Susan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So also joining me today is Dr. Erin Mabry. She is the Senior Research Associate in VTTI's Division Freight, Transit, and Heavy Vehicle Safety. Dr. Mabry's research experience includes the effects of exercise on biological function, performance, and health outcomes. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. There's so much to dive into. So the first questions, out of all the research you've done, what's the one struggle you find that faces drivers out there today to be able to stay healthy out there on the road and maintain their DOT cards? So we conducted a study called the Commercial Driver Safety Risk Factor Study with FMCSA to look at prevalence and risk of medical conditions in truck drivers to really understand what is actually happening out there and what is the risk to drivers of those medical conditions. The conditions and health behaviors that we're seeing high rates of are tobacco use, obesity, irregular sleep patterns, tobacco use and obesity being comorbid health conditions with obstructive sleep apnea and elevated blood pressure. And then when it comes to crash risk, the study had really interesting findings, which is that certain medical conditions when treated were at no higher risk compared to drivers without these medical conditions, which to us points to the importance of treatment for these prevalent and risky medical conditions. This was a study with over 21,000 commercial drivers and data was collected between 2013 and 2016 and the report was published in 2020. We looked at risk factors, including demographic characteristics, medical conditions, personal attitudes, and work and environmental conditions, and then linked these factors with these drivers' driving records, especially the, the occurrence of crash or moving violations during that period of time. And a couple of highlights that I just want to point out, we found that 87% of the drivers in that sample were considered overweight or obese. So really high prevalence of overweight and obesity, which we know has kind of a trickle-down effect for a number of other different medical complications, sleep apnea, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, metabolic disease. What was interesting is when we looked at relationships between medical factors and crash risk, it wasn't the obesity that impacted crash risk. It was actually the untreated comorbid conditions that were related to obesity that had an impact on crash risk. So for example, untreated sleep apnea, untreated hypertension, both of those went untreated increased crash risk significantly. However, when treated, when adequately and properly treated, uh, those drivers with sleep apnea and with hypertension did not have crash risk above and beyond a healthy driver without the condition. So that was a really important finding that it's not the obesity and the overweight that, that makes these drivers riskier on the roads. It's when they have these comorbid conditions that are left untreated. 
So we can quantify and identify these conditions and their implications for crash risk. But then what do we do with it, right? How do we implement meaningful and effective health programs for drivers? And I think one of the biggest challenges that I've seen in my decade plus in this industry is getting drivers involved and motivated and accountability to take these actions for themselves. We're seeing a lot more fleets get involved in these call to actions to implement these programs within their fleet to give drivers all the tools to make them successful in owning their health and keeping themselves healthy, keeping themselves on the road, those on the roadway healthy, being there for their families. But really it boils down to the driver has to want to make those changes and wants to get involved. And how can we support them and motivate them and keep them accountable for um, making these changes that impact all of us that share the road with them? And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I've seen. Yeah. and, And all the years I've been involved, this, of course, they've come from a family of professional drivers. I have two brothers out there today still driving. Happy to say that my one brother just hit the 3 million mile mark. No accident, accident free. So I'm proud of him for that. My other brother is probably a little over 2 million. For me, in working with him all the years, it always came down to one word, accessibility. Three of us here today, you know, we want to go to a gym or make better food choices or go to our family physician or see someone, get regular checkups. We can do that, right? The life and day of the professional driver, they don't have that kind of accessibility. And I have to tag on to both of your information about engagement. And that's the other thing. How do you get them engaged? And I know all the years talking to fleets and carriers and so forth, they say, well, okay, Bob, we want to do something, but how do you intend to get them engaged? That's always the challenge, right? The secret. But I found that if you can really get them engaged, especially if you can get with them one-on-one, and I found the best way of doing that is coaches inside a facility to work with them on a regular basis, right? To get that interaction. And you only need one. My goal is to get one poster child. I got that one poster child and, you know, it's very interesting. I'd go in and say, okay, first we want to start doing your screenings or we're going to do this health program. And they sit there, of course, their hands crossed, you know, they don't want to give her their information, right? And about the time that someone gets 10 pounds down, 15 pounds down, and all of a sudden they want to get in, they want to start telling their blood pressure and what their weight is. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want you to hear that. I just want you to tell how well you're doing and the success you've had. So now I want to talk a little bit about the research that you really did talking about diving into the time you spent on doing that and comparing the medical cards, you know, because in once again, in in my world of doing this, that I did find that we lose so many drivers every year because we don't spend the education time giving them that how to live on the road. Nobody has an idea, right? Yes. We conducted a study with FMCSA to investigate the relationship between driver medical certification length, the card and their safety performance. And we did this using the National Registry of certified medical examiner data. We didn't have any driver health information. We just had information about how long they were certified medically. And then we matched that data up with crash and violation data from MCMIS to understand what's the risk here of these different certification links or drivers with these different certification links. We broke down the analysis by license type, CDL and non-CDL and age groups. And what we found was overall, the longer the medical examination certification the less likely drivers were to have a crash. This finding was strongest for drivers with a CDL, and we observed a higher risk of having a crash for drivers with certification lengths of three months or less, three to six months, and six to 12 months, compared to drivers with that two-year certification length. So not every age group had the same significant findings. The non-CDL group didn't show as strong of a pattern, but generally, drivers with these two-year certifications were less likely to be involved in a crash compared to drivers 
with one year or less certification lengths. We know that when you get a one-year card, right, you've been pre-diagnosed blood pressure, could be high sugar levels, could be sleep disorders. So would you think that that relates to those drivers being fatigued possibly as a key component? Yeah, we see fatigue prevalent across a lot of different medical conditions. Sleep apnea comes to mind first and foremost, right? But even just obesity, obesity is related to fatigue as well. Um, Hypertension can impact fatigue. Just being sedentary all day. We know from our commercial driver safety risk factor study, almost a quarter of drivers aren't getting any exercise at all. Those kind of factors can have impact on fatigue as well as nutrition. Um, Poor nutrition can make drivers sleepy. Um, And so all of those kind of play into each other. Right. And in general, you see the, the shorter duration for those medical cards means that they have more health conditions of concern for safety. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. So, you know, this Fit Drivers podcast is sponsored by Prepass, who is really the best provider of way station bypass integrated electronic toll payment services, keeping roads safe and being efficient in trucking. So to hear more about what Prepass does, you can go to prepass.com and understand about that. But they they truly believe in road safety, right? And how we can keep our drivers safe. And as I say all the time, you know, you can't be safe if you're not well right? So in my career of doing this, I first grew up being a truck driver. And then I realized I came home, told my father, it's not for me. And he said, okay, now we got to find out what you do want to do because you have to have a job. So I spent my life career in the health, wellness, healthcare industry around that. And then before I dove back into this piece, what I did, I opened up a small training facility in Ohio and had drivers come back in, one of my brothers being one of them. So what I learned from that was starts out with being overweight, you know, you got blood pressure. And then the next thing comes, if you don't pay attention to that, right, it's cholesterol, set in and you got sure it just starts to amp up and the more it stacks on top of each other the harder it is right to get going so how many carriers did you reach out to that are involved and were quite willing to talk about what they wanted to do we were able to speak with eight carriers and that was just in the effort of who we were able to reach and who was able to respond to us within you know the, the study time period that we were working against but the amount of detail and time during those interviews that we were able to capture information from those carriers was really valuable. Um, We got a lot of good detail about what kind of programs are they putting out there for their drivers? What works? What doesn't work? um, What are the biggest challenges they face? What are the biggest supports? And we hope that this guide will help other motor carriers who are either thinking about implementing a program for their drivers or have, but it's not going so well. And so what can they do to kind of amp it up and and make it more effective and uh, more approachable for drivers to participate in? So was that where you think you found the common thread? that engagement, you know, how do you get them engaged? You know, how do you get that driver to really take it a value and so forth? Or was it the lack of education? It really was the engagement. So one of the biggest challenges that was voiced by most, if not all of the fleets was um, getting the drivers to participate, getting their buy-in, not only getting them to sign up in the first place, but getting them to just engage over the course of the program, getting them to participate in activities. You know, there's a balance between requiring things and making these programs mandatory and and different elements mandatory. Uh, If you tell a driver they have to do it, they may not or they may, you know, drag their feet and, and say, I'll sign up, but I'm, I'm not going to participate because you told me that I have to. So there's that fine balance of making these programs voluntary in nature and making drivers want to participate. We found that incentive-based programs seem to work really well for a lot of drivers. So kind of having internal competitions between drivers versus fleet staff or drivers at this hub versus drivers at the other hub, they, they like that kind of support system. They don't want 
to do this by themselves. Involving family was a, a big strength that these carriers reported. So having these programs available to not only their drivers and their staff, but involving the family as well, because when the driver goes home at the end of the day, they need their family to support them and be involved in the health changes that they're trying to make. Absolutely. And I found that when I would do on-site screens and so forth, I always made sure that we reached out to the spouse at home or their partner or whatever to come in, encourage them to come in and do the screen because another research project I was involved in saw that their insurance utilization was really highly driven by the partner at home. And there was a direct correlation if the driver was struggling with weight, most likely the, the partner was as well. And um, But by getting your right to get, because the driver had been on the road for 30 days, they got involved in the program and was falling it, losing weight and they go home and his wife or partner is serving up biscuits and gravy and they're going, hey, I, I can't eat that. What do you mean? What do you need? That's what you always eat. And they explain to them. So getting the partner and the spouses at home is really very valuable and it helps support it. Another thing that we found that might have interest to your listeners is addressing the health privacy and confidentiality concerns. So fleets had to tackle this when they were rolling out these programs, because as we know, drivers are highly regulated in terms of their, their health and their medical status. So if your fleet is asking about your blood pressure and asking about your diabetes status and your sleep apnea status, um, Drivers are very hesitant to participate and give this kind of information up for fear that they'll be taken off the road. Balancing that with these health programs of uh, ensuring that drivers know that there's a separation between these health programs that are implemented by the fleet, but are often managed by third-party health providers to ensure that there is that kind of break of information between the carrier who has to you know, make sure that those drivers are in compliance with regulations in terms of their health, and then a third-party health provider that um, can maintain privacy and confidentiality for these drivers. Yeah. And, and to your point, I found that I had success in coming in because third-party drivers were very hesitant when they had the company nurse come around or the healthcare nurse coming around and do it. They just, no matter what you tell them, they don't want any part of it, but they would find that if they contract with a third party, that was kind of the badge that helped provide that security. And like I said, once we got them in and found that one champion, then they would spread the word. But where I found that success in getting engagement was I finally learned about, we had to go in to the orientation classes and the safety classes and talk to class in front of them to get them when they first came in to, to get them to understand why it's important to be involved in the program and take these steps. And how I learned that was we talked to a new student, for example, and they've been on the road and said, how'd you do this week? I didn't do very good because my trainer said, hey, I don't have time to take you to Walmart to go to grocery shop and grab that bag of burgers and get in the truck and let's go, right? So I'm okay. So we created a program called Train the Trainer. We had to get the trainers to be the ambassadors for us, right? Trainers believe in it and or tell them how good it is, then this part becomes part of the culture. So, you know, one of the initiatives that I'm trying to really work on and bring forward, and maybe with the help of your departments could be a component of that, is that we know that when they're training drivers, they really instill in them the value of the pre-trip walk around. Correct. Every time you stop, walk around your truck, make sure nothing looks out of the ordinary, nothing hanging down, check the tires, all that kind of thing. The one next step I want them to be able to take and incorporate in that is to do a pre-trip fridge check because we know that in the life of a driver, they're stuck every day. You know, traffic could be an accident, bad weather, horrific times of being stuck out there on the highway. And as I say, when you don't have a good choice to reach for, they make a bad choice. Smoking too many cigarettes, pounding power drinks, those kind of things. And so I want to get your opinion on 
on what you think about the value. They have that incorporated in part of the safety and especially the integration when they're first coming into the industry to learn how to pack and have healthier snacks available instead of traditional chips, you know, that kind of stuff. I like where you're going with it, Bob. I think that if drivers did make an intended effort to eat healthier for a couple of weeks, that behavior change would turn into a habit, right? And they would be, that would just be part of their, their lifestyle is that they pack fresh fruits and vegetables, healthier snacks, proteins, um, always in their cab, just in case they get stuck. Like you said, something unexpected happens. Um, their only option to pull into when they have to stop is a McDonald's. Uh, having those snacks available. Where I think you'd find pushback on that is the big brother aspect of that. Drivers would push back really hard on having their, you know, their personal refrigerator being included in that pre-trip inspection. So I love where the idea is going and I, I think that it would help a lot of drivers. Um, but in the end, I, I, I don't think it's it's realistic. Well, I appreciate your input on that. So I was thinking, especially if it was standpoint when they're coming in the industry, right? Creating a new culture and really making it, I mean, just not a light touch, but say, listen, we really want to make sure you protect yourself out there. And we've learned over the years when drivers don't, here's the outcome, right? But if you really take it on and we're not trying to turn you into a you know triathlete, but just making small changes, better choices. And I always talk about, give me 50%, right? 50% of the time, if you make a better choice, because at that point, they can really make a difference on their internal values and outcomes that they get. So I'll, I'll take that on as a challenge. I'm going to turn that into unrealistic to a realistic doctor and bring it back to you. Get me involved in it, Bob. I'd love to help with it. Oh, right. And we can do the research, right? You can do the yeah. research. And the drivers do that. And when they don't do it, what happens? So I'm, I'm taking that on. I'm all about that. Well, that's it. That's all I have. Thank you again, ladies, for joining me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. We want to thank you for having this conversation with us. One of the BTTI's pillars is really this outreach and sharing what we learn from our research. We're constantly assessing new research topics. We'd love to come back and share those findings with you and continue the conversation. Absolutely. I'd love to have you ladies back on so we can talk more. And there's so much more, like I said, we could dive into. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Thank you, Bob. Thanks again to PrePass, the sponsor of our podcast. Only PrePass provides way station, bypass, and integrated electronic toll payment services. Visit prepass.com for details.